Welcome to Jake's Review Corner, the podcast where amateur fans voice their opinions on movies, TV, and anything pop culture, from blockbuster hits to trashy cult classics. I'm your host, Jacob Daniel, today, and in the studio, I am welcomed with... Jeremy. Speak up. Jeremy. Say your name proudly. No. I'm gonna hit you. And Jack. Alright, do you guys not have last names, or... Jack Hollis. Jeremy Loudon. All right, guys, today we are talking about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Disney Plus series that has been booming over social media and on the platform for the past six weeks. Was it good or was it an utter disappointment? Today we are going to be talking about it. First off, Jeremy, how do you feel about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I liked it overall. I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, that's great. Jack, how about you? What are your feelings? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach down inside and really talk. Unlike Jeremy over here, uh, I loved it. I thought that it was uh, a really good Disney Plus show. Um, it definitely a different pace than WandaVision, but I preferred it over over WandaVision to be honest with you. See, I'm the exact opposite. I don't. I don't know if it. It was probably just the storytelling in WandaVision, which was. After every episode, they kind of gave you a clue what was happening, so you had more of a reason to watch the episode beforehand. But, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier, still a great show, still super delivered on everything, and that final episode, just freaking wow. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think, has just been killing it since 2008 with Iron Man. I mean, when you think comic book movies now, you don't really think The Dark Knight. You don't really think, like, the original Superman movies. You think, really, only MCU. And especially when you're thinking, like, big superhero movies like Avengers and Avengers Endgame and all those ones. And, I mean, we're living in a world where everything is post-Endgame. And, I mean, it's been amazing so far. I don't think there's ever been a big Marvel flop. Unless you count, like, Thor 2, which the Dark World is terrible. Or Captain gotta, Marvel. I gotta be honest. I did not hate Thor the Dark World. Thank you. I rewatched it. It's it, it on, not and it's bad. honestly one of my favorite Thor. It's well, really Ragnarok's the best, but Ragnarok I do like Thor, Thor 2. I just it's don't... It's not as bad as people say. I don't think the first Thor and the second <laughs> Thor are just great movies. I feel, well, okay, so here's my opinion. The first Thor, they're trying to find the pacing. And obviously they're looking back to the originals to get an idea. The second Thor is falling right after Avengers. And I'll say it, I think the movies that came right after the first Avengers movie kind of had, like, trouble, like, getting the pacing right again. Like, a good example is Iron Man 3. Like, a lot of people don't like Iron Man 3. I love Iron Man 3. I think it's a great movie. And it's definitely better than Iron Man 2. It is a Christmas movie. Christmas, yeah. It is a it's it's one of the best Christmas movies. But like when people say like the pacing's wrong and like they're like it's too funny and I was like I get that and I guess in Thor they weren't really like looking to do that kind of funny Iron Man stuff yet. But I mean I feel like all 
MCU, like, there's always some type of humor in there that they'll break away from the seriousness, like... I, that's just like the MCU charm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel I feel like that charm didn't really exist until the event. I feel like the first movie they really did all those funny scenes in was the Avengers. Oh well, think about it. All the Avengers is is giving all those characters just incredible one-liners. Like all of Tony Stark's lines in that movie is just just one-liners or and like great comebacks back you know, back that's... when people were allowed to like say josh whedon was good at making movies <laughs> oh, well no Did he make the first one yeah he yeah. he made the first avengers and he made and the he second made number two I yeah mean, he made the second. and then and he... after that he was like i'm never doing another avengers movie well thank god nice. because the rogan brothers came in oh russo russo i meant russo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seth yeah. rogan making the movies like that was really good how about you do it this way <laughs> and then he went over to DC and absolutely ruined oh DC. Oh my god. Josh Whedon looking at the script for freaking Justice League and he's like, this movie's really good, but Batman's not making enough jokes, guys. You know, maybe I can twiddle my dick and we can make this a more sustainable movie. But I, I, I felt like uh, that's kind of why I like Falcon and Winter Soldier, though, because it felt like an MCU movie, you know? It, it was just kind of going back to that. I do, yeah. Uh, I agree. Like, even though it was a show and we only got an hour, within that hour, it felt like I watched a whole MCU movie getting enough action, like, enough plot and, like, you know, drama, that type of stuff. Dude, people, there's been a lot of people who on, like, social media are like, of course they're gonna only, they're gonna give Bucky and Sam, like, a Disney Plus stupid series. And, like, to that I answer... I just watched a six-hour Marvel movie. Like, how much more, like, director's cut, like, character focus can you get than, a, like, an hour-long Disney Plus show? And exactly. I, definitely those characters <clears throat> those characters needed it, and it's turning into a fourth Captain America movie. Yeah, oh, my God. Instead of season two, yeah, they're doing another movie, which I'm... I'm well, I heard that I'm they're cool going to do Captain America 4, and they're still thinking about doing a second season. Because, I mean, unlike WandaVision, that's kind of, like, open-ended, where they could have Bucky and Sam, like, go and fight a new villain every yeah. season, where it's like, yeah. WandaVision is kind of like... It, it's going to lead directly into Doctor Strange 2 with the multiverse oh, stuff, which is... So oh, my God. Oh, dude, Doc, I mean, Doctor Strange 2 is going to be... I dare I say, maybe the most ambitious Marvel movie. Aren't they trying to make it kind of like dark and like? What I heard, so the original Sam premise, Raimi? the original premise oh, was. Is he, he's doing it. Yeah, yeah okay. Sam Raimi's doing it. You know who Sam Raimi is, right? Yeah, he did the three original Spider Mans. Yeah. He also did Evil Dead. You Church. Neanderthal. Yeah, no, that doesn't matter when it comes to Marvel. But anyway, no. So the original like plan for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was it was gonna be the first like Marvel horror movie. That's like, that's what I heard. And yeah. that's what like uh, freaking the guy who plays Doctor Strange uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was saying he's like, Oh, the script is like terrifying and it's gonna be a lot of fun and ba basically Marvel execs were like, Hey, tone it down. So the original director is like, I'm not gonna do what you guys say and they're like, Ah so what we're gonna do is not go with you and so they brought Sam Raimi on, who, like you said, did the original Spider-Mans. But he also has that backstory with horror because he did Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. who, you know Bruce Campbell. He was in all three original Spider-Mans. Who did he play? He, so he does, like, cameo roles. So, like, in the first Spider-Man, he plays the announcer at the wrestler at the second one. Oh, okay. 
I forgot what he did in the second one. The third he's in, he's in all three though. Yeah, the third one he was an usher. And then even in the Spider Man video games, um, for those movies, he was always the narrator during the tutorial level. Oh yes, I do know who you're talking about. And when he goes in and he's like, Your shoes untied and then yeah. he fixes them up. He's actually supposed to be uh, in, Mysterio, right? Isn't it? So he that, that he was Mysterio. In that? He was gonna be Mysterio in Spider-Man Four if it ever happened. Right, right. But it never did happen. But he he is in the cast for Multiverse of Madness. Um, uh, oh, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Well, <laughs> I just hope we get like a real Mysterio, not you know, because in the comics he's like it's magic and it's like you know real illusion stuff and like. Yeah, I get it. Playing off the technology in the movies, it was cool. But I hope if they do bring a Mysterio in, it's like... Well, I think that... I don't think he's going to play Mysterio. I think he would... He'll probably play a new villain. Like, Nightmare for, is a great example of who he could play. Nightmare was one of the people that people thought was going to show up in WandaVision. And then you have the right. infamous Mephisto. How'd you feel watching WandaVision and like every time you watched it and every new episode comes out and he goes, yes, that rabbit, that rabbit's Mephisto. I never came up with any too crazy theories on my own, but I saw what other people came up with and I didn't try to get like attached to what I wanted to happen because that's ultimately why people were let down as they tried to make these predictions and they thought it was going to happen and they got so attached to it. And then when it didn't happen, they were so upset. Like, thought reed richards was gonna be the uh the, the uh contact yeah. and it was just I, kevin feige said that they're not gonna introduce like groundbreaking characters like that in these marvel tv shows it's gonna be in movies gotcha. so when people were thinking that it was gonna be these massive characters coming in and like being introduced i just never i never well into that yeah, and I mean, uh, Jack's significant other, Jesse, was actually on my podcast for WandaVision. I remember she came on, and we were talking about how let down we were. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, man, that would be super ambitious to... Re-. Like, first off, they only got the rights back to Fantastic Four, like, a year ago. So, I mean, that would be, like, a pretty quick hustle to go ahead and already introduce yeah. Reed Richards... And everyone's like, oh, God, I hope it's John Krasinski. And I was like, I'm on that bandwagon, too. I think John Krasinski would make a great, fantastic, yeah. you know. Well, they haven't Mr. even cast it, I'm sure. They they're haven't. Trying to dude, get... they're still trying to develop the script. Right. And from what and I what heard, from in. what I heard, they're really caught between two different ideas for Fantastic Four. They're caught between the first idea, which they were actually original, like, 1960s heroes with the original Ant-Man, Hank Pym, or oh, they're going to cool. get their powers in like a freak radiation accident or something. I don't know. Fantastic Four makes me really skeptical because there's been three live action Fantastic Four movies. The one in the 90s no one ever watched because it they never put it in theaters. The original 2004 one, which I'm sure we all grew up on, and then whatever like whatever the 2015 one oh, was. Like Miles Teller and Michael B Jordan. Oh my the I fan force. I thought Miles Teller would be a good Mr. Fantastic. Just I, I love Miles Teller. He's a great actor, but not for that not role. For I that. don't know. I look at him. So the the source material for that movie, at least from my understanding, is they kind of were like looking at the Sam Raimi 
um, Spider-Man movies, which pull heavily from Ultimate Spider-Man, which is a retelling of Peter, uh, Peter Parker getting his powers at 15, and it's more realistic. Like, for example, in that comic book series, he kind of sucks at being Spider-Man at first. I mean, obviously. I mean, he's 15 years old. So they looked at Ultimate Fantastic Four, which is a retelling, and the Fantastic Four team is a lot younger, and that's what they were kind of trying to do. But they tried to do too much with that movie. They tried to, like, freaking make Miles Teller's uh, Reed Richard a fugitive. Yeah. I, do you remember, saw, do you remember like that? on the run in one scene. Yeah. I, I he saw, had, like, an hour. They did a time movie. skip in that movie, and I was like, I watched that movie, and I was like, uh, you know what? Suicide Squad is looking mad appealing right now. <laughs> Release the air cut. Uh, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I think the Snyder Cut was great. I'll say it. I was one of those people that was kind of like with the Snyder Cut originally. I was like, well, how much different can it be? And then he released stills, and I was like, oh, my God. It kind of seems like a different movie. David Ayer's Suicide Squad, I just don't know. I mean, the only difference I've seen so far is that apparently the Diablo guy is still alive. Oh, there's a different cut. Because aren't they remaking the Suicide Squad as well? They as, as the director. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's... So it's not a it's a David standalone. Captain Boomerang or whatever. Or He's like, does he play? He's a, uh, who? Spot guy. Is he uh, Pete Davidson. Oh, no, Pete Davidson plays a character called Richard Hart, and apparently, like when James Gunn approached him to play it, he was telling him about his character. Uh, blacksmith or something i don't know he's like a march he's a marksman kind of like dead shot apparently in the comics i don't know i've never heard of him and pete davidson was like wait say his name again and he goes richard hart and he goes dick hart i'm in (laughs) but yeah so it's gonna be a standalone sequel so the events of 2016 happen but it's not like a sequel to that movie like it's it's, they're they're reusing harley quinn and then i saw they have like john cena uh aegis Elba? Yeah, he's Elba. How do you say his name? Yeah, something. I thought he was like Bronze Tiger or something, but I think he's a different character. He's a different character now. Doesn't he wear like that helmet? He's Bloodshot or Bloodsport. Well, enough about that darky, edgy uh, DC universe. We got to get more into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It starts Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson, Wyatt Russell as John Walker, Aaron Kellyman as Carly, Daniel Bruth as Hamlet Zemo, Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter, and Florence Kasumba as Ayo. Uh, some fun facts. Falcon first appeared in Captain America 117 in 1969, and Bucky first appeared in Captain America Comics number 1, 1941. Jamie, you told me you had a fun fact you wanted to say today. Is that true? Uh, if I did, I forgot it. Good job, Jeremy. So... Uh, Jeremy, you are not going to be getting that promotion. Oh, that's okay. Also, did you guys have you guys ever seen the clip where the kid is at the fan convention and he asks Kevin Feige, he's like, "When are we going to get the Sam and Bucky like road trip movie?" And Kevin's like, "Oh, that's a good idea." And then coincidentally, the Falcon and the Winter oh, Soldier yeah, comes, comes out. Comes out yeah. the next like you, <laughs> you know that kid is like at home kicking himself <laughs> in the nuts. You just see the gears turning. He's like, <laughs> well, you know, Marvel has a history of taking like fan ideas and actually using them. Like a great example is the Spider-Man like symbiote suit was a fan like drawn suit that he sent in the Marvel, and they're like, wow, we we love this. Can we buy this design from you? And like seventy bucks or something. It oh was like gosh. it was and like then they for, turn it into how many stories and yeah. it makes. So much they money yeah, it. it was like a hundred dollars. I think they gave the kid the <laughs> original suit had like a red spider, and so they turned it white, and now it's like the most. I've heard it's more profitable 
than the original Spider-Man two. That's funny. different, you know. It's 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 a different story, different character, pretty much, and so. I, I like the symbiote suit. I think the symbiote suit is really dope. I think it's great. Also, can I just say the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a real mouthful of a title. Yeah. I was talking to Jeremy about syllables. Well, I was talking to Jeremy about it yesterday, and I was like, if it was up to me, I would have called the show Sam and Bucky. I know that's like, you know, that's kind of like downplaying the whole superhero names. But I was like. Freak, imagine being in a board meeting and every two minutes you're like, yeah, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then the last episode and you're like, yeah, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Just refer to it as fat dubs. <laughs> uh, so let's do, let's do a rundown on the characters. So let's talk about Falcon first. Falcon first appeared in Winter Soldier, became quick friends with Steve Rogers. Also... Whatever happened to his hand gauntlets, man? He got Uzis. Yes, we talked about this. He did not pull out his dual wield Uzis once in that show. Or if he did, it was I don't. I have that opening scene where he's flying through the canyon. No, I I think it was just Red Wing, and that was it. Like he didn't have any. He didn't even pull out anything. So I think what I think was going on is they were probably like, okay, this guy is about to be Captain America. Captain America doesn't use guns. If we introduce him in the show with hand gauntlets, people are probably going to be like, why isn't he using those as Captain America? That's true, yeah. And then we got Bucky, who Bucky first appeared in Captain America, the first Avenger. He made his reappearance in Captain America and the Winter Soldier and has been struggling to gain control of his own body since that movie. Well... Here's my thoughts on Bucky. When he's the Winter Soldier, he's my favorite character probably in the MCU. Just like I love that character. He's this dark assassin who's super badass. is just relentless, doesn't stop. And then when we get Bucky and we see him fighting, it's he just he's like a teddy bear almost. He I feel like he gets nerfed and he is not as effective. Oh. And I saw someone explain why because when he's the Winter Soldier, you know he doesn't hold back and he's always like gonna do what he's gotta do to complete his mission and like i get that and so when he's bucky he's like you know holding back because he wants to be like a good person but at the same time when i see him stalemating with captain america the best super soldier and then you know he gets mopped <laughs> against the super soldier yeah he's so, so I'm like, mad that he got nerfed that hard yeah because I mean, we we know that he can handle himself in hand-to-hand combat i mean the winter yeah. soldier um, the Captain America and the Winter Soldier best hand-to-hand combat movie I've ever seen. I heard that whole sequence where well they the train yes oh. and the just when he like jumps on their car rips the steering wheel out ever since. Like, Have you seen like the behind the scenes like videos of him and um, freaking Chris Evans training for that scene? Oh, that's real. Like that when they he actually had to learn like with the it was a plastic knife. Obviously, I heard. When he was going around set, he was practicing throwing it well, around I so heard, he could be as good. I as heard he that it was kind of like with the Star Wars movies where they got really good and really fast and they had to tell slow them to like down. slow it down. You're right, because that's how Obi-Wan and Darth Maul were in their uh, Phantom Menace. Well, life. and they back to... So good, they had to slow it down on camera. Well, and back to the whole like Bucky situation and why like he seems softer, which is, I mean, we know Bucky in the show, he's trying to make amends for what he's done as the Winter Soldier. Which, obviously... And I do like that it touched on, like, his PTSD, and we kind of get to see... I feel like that... And he's had, you know, and he's having nightmares about the people he's killed, and I think that's kind of, like, you know, that's what kind of separates him from Sam. You know, Sam is still hearing, you know, 
but he's having family trouble, like troubles and that. And Bucky's over here, and he has PTSD, and, and he does. And he's got no one. Think about it. Like, if all the family he did have was back in the 1930s, 1940s, Captain America was the only guy he had left. Steve, Captain America. He's pieced out, so... I Captain mean, America is maybe on the moon? Maybe the moon's a metaphor for dead? I don't no, know. No, I, I, I think we're gonna get a moon scene with Captain America, either in the fourth movie or, like, something down the road. Maybe with Secret Invasion or something. Oh, true. But, I, I mean, I think it's an awesome pairing because both of them have served as Captain America's, like, kind of right-hand man, but both of them are very different, like, unique characters. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... First off, if you've only watched the movies, Bucky had a completely different origin in the comics. Bucky was... So in Marvel Comics, it's super really uncommon to have sidekicks. Unlike the DC Universe where it's like, oh, sup, you're Green Lantern? Oh, you're Kid Green Lantern. And uh, I mean, we got Speedy over here and uh, this is my... This is... This is always like a younger version of... Like, this is like my Superman. There's the younger Superman. This is my seventh Robin. He's actually a clone of yeah, Jason Todd. Exactly. But Bucky was kind of like one of those first superheroes in the com- first sidekicks in the comics. And I mean, Captain America went to, you know, he got frozen in the comics, and Bucky eventually apparently got kidnapped and turned into a Winter Soldier. But in the movie, they have an older, more same age appropriate, you know, Bucky, who's actually like Steve's best friend. And not only that, Steve looks up to Bucky in the movies, which it's right. a completely different chemistry. But then imagine it like your best friend, the kid you look up to. Like, gets turned into a murderous person, and everyone's like, you gotta stop going after Winter Soldier. And Steve's over here like, why the like? Why would I do that? Yeah. Why would I give up on him? It's it's only shred of his, like, his past life, you know, being Bucky, being his best friend. You know, nobody from when he was, when he was Captain America in the, in the 40s during World War II, like, is still there. With that, it. That's true. Yeah. Like, not only that's why he, did uh, Bucky not have anybody, but like that was the only person that Steve had as well. So yeah, yeah. no wonder. He yeah, because so hard to try to... Peggy died in Winter Soldier, and Steve was still regularly visiting her. Which I'll say, no, she, she died in Civil War. Did she? No, I'm it pretty was. Pretty sure it's the third movie because they're talking about the Accords, and then he gets the text. Oh, the maybe she did. And then he goes, and he's he's the pallbearer. So, speaking of Captain America, you know, because, of obviously, Falcon and Winter Soldier is all about the legacy of Captain America. Is Captain America the best, like, trilogy in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because I don't think... There's and, not a bad Captain America. I don't think there's any bad Captain America. And if there is, it's the first one, but even the first one still first holds awesome. up pretty great. The first one's great. I'm almost super upset that I forget the plot of the first one a lot. Right. But it's, it's also... Because it's so simple. Think about where we start in the MCU and, like, what it, what happens and then, like, what it grows into. Like, starting from fighting Nazis with a super soldier serum uh, all the fighting way to... Yeah, galactic... So, peacemaker. I just yeah. feel like I pro- I don't remember it as well because that was the only one I didn't own on DVD for the longest time and that's why I didn't remember it but I remember seeing all those in theaters and like it was magical Jeremy I mean we used to I mean you me and Mark Reiser used to go see those movies all the time oh yeah I mean I've been and then you ruined Avengers Age of Ultron for me when you guys wouldn't shut up do you remember that <laughs> I do I- I'm gonna bring up that story to be fair, They've made way too many, like, 
sex jokes available off of that movie just from Wanda Maximoff's lines. Well, I'm going to talk about that movie. I'm going to make a quick, you know, detour. Sorry, Jack, I know you weren't there, but try to imagine. So this movie came out when we were in high school. I think we were sophomores because Civil War came out my senior year. So we're sophomores, and I'm just trying to enjoy this movie. Mark is dating this girl who I won't name who's come along with a couple of our friends and we're in the movie theater and of course I buy a large cup of like you know box of popcorn I'm trying to enjoy myself and she is like she goes to reach her hand in and she's like ew Jacob why are you eating your popcorn like that and she's like I just want some popcorn I was like first off I didn't buy this popcorn for you ma'am second off aren't you talking to mark go get mark to buy you popcorn third off can everyone shut up so i can hear what they're saying you're over in the corner with my brother and also a girl that i'm not going to mention on this podcast along with two other guys who i'll mention their names and dino and will and you guys will just not shut up i can't we were having a good time we were just i could we couldn't hear the movie i had to that's mo- not my fault i had to literally get up and leave and go closer to the screen so i could hear it <laughs> Because we're about an hour in, and I'm like, I don't know why Ultron is doing all this. <coughs> so, that's my relationship with Jeremy, is he's ruined... He didn't ruin the best Avengers movie for me, but he ruined uh, experience. Well, of, what is the best Avengers movie for you? Captain America Civil War. True. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the reason why Captain America is the best trilogy, is because... His third movie is just an Avengers movie. Dude, and they just made the third Captain America movie an Avengers movie because of contracting, I feel like. Yeah, everybody, they had to, like, fill some kind of deal with all the actors, and they were like, we'll just do it all in one movie. I don't know, man. You know, it's just like, like I've said, I think Captain America is the best trilogy. You know, it might not be everyone's favorite trilogy. I'm sure there's a lot of Iron Man fans, and, I mean, when you look at Thor, the first two are kind of duds, but, like, to say Ragnarok isn't one of the best movies... Mm -hmm. I think it's the best MCU movie overall. Ragnarok's definitely my top five, I think. Oh my god, Love and Thunder is about to be ridiculous. Ridonculous. So anyway, let's get into the plot. So it's been six months since Endgame. Um, We know how that ended. Iron Man is dead. Captain America went back in time to kind of live out his life with Peggy. You know, um, Spider-Man's in Germany. Uh, Wanda has re-erect, like resurrected her dead robot boyfriend. and Yeah, so much is going on all at the same time. Because where was Spider-Man at the, on the last episode when they're in New York? Why, I th- why didn't... I think because I don't because I don't think he's in Germany yet. Is, I mean, is he uh, is he on his vacation that he goes on? I I don't know. I might have to fact check like fact check that later. But I don't think that's happened yet. I think Spider Man's still at this point pretty like low low criminal rates. Like you know, yeah. he fought the Vulture in his movie, and then eventually he'll tangle with Mysterio. But like he doesn't really get into foreign affairs. That's true. And, I mean, since we left off with Sam, he got handed the shield from Steve, and, you know, I don't really know what's Bucky. Bucky, I guess, has just been trying to make amends for everything that's gone wrong. Going to therapy and stuff. Yeah. The scene where he goes up to, like, the old Hydra people, and they're, like, scared for their life, and he's like... He's like, all right, have a good day, and just walks away, and then the people come up and arrest him. Okay, you know, so in the first scene of that show, you know, Sam... Sam's talking with, uh, is it Wong Queen Torres? 
what the what is the name of that guy? Oh, he's supposed to take over as the new Falcon. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. It's been hinted at because it's he like did Joaquin, in the com- Joaquin. Oh, right. Yeah, so him and him and jo- Joaquin are working together to take on Batroc, who I didn't realize is actually the pirate from, from yeah. Captain America yeah. 2 and in real life he's George St. Pierre who's a UFC fighter. Um so like when they're doing all the hand-to-hand combat, that's why it looks really good when he's like fighting and he can actually hold up and do that stuff it just, like i i just kind of wish that they didn't bring that character back because he really served no purpose yeah except well just to, to show be like up. a callback to the winter soldier yeah because he doesn't show back up in that movie after that initial after that scene initial on the scene, boat yeah. right and yeah because they were they were saving him for, for, for this exact <laughs> moment well, later do you, yeah. do you know what he is in like so in the comics it's baytrock the leaper and you want to know what this supervillain does? He can leap really high. That's like he he robs banks and he jumps away. So glad to see that the MCU is making very critical and very like moving ideas about who their villain should be yeah. in Phase Four. Um, we can obviously see that Sam is not Captain America. He doesn't even fight with the Shield because he's struggling with the idea of being Captain America. Which you know, I mean, first off, that's a lot to even like you know, if you were handed the Shield. And you're like, hey, you're going to be the next Captain America. I mean, I'd probably, like, poop my pants. I'd be like, that is a lot of responsibility. Well, and just him being a... Yeah, that and him being a black man in, like, today's world, that was a big thing for him. You know, he's like, when I pick up that shield and try to say I'm Captain America, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hate me for it. And he's like, but that's something that... Well, that and, like, even, like, throughout the show, like, he's referred to by Black Falcon a lot from, like, different people, and it's like, wow. yeah. Well, you that's see, like, that's like a, I guess I was not expecting this show to kind of touch on like, you know, like Black Lives Matter and kind of that. But I'm really well, no, I'm really glad I did because it's super relevant in our time. They definitely handled it in a, in a great way too. It's not like it was; it didn't feel um, shoved down our throats, you know. And I feel it was like very it was, subtle how yeah. they approached it. I agree, and especially the scene where the it. cops come up when they're yeah. like in the street, kind of yelling at each other, and then the you know they treat Sam very poorly and they're like you calm down and i think one of them puts a hand on their gun yeah and then they're like wait do you not know who this is yeah and they realize and they're like oh crap yeah and then they're like oh we're so sorry and they're like can we get a picture yeah like what the heck yeah. but i mean it was it was it was great i mean the the social issues that this that this show tackled um was great and i and i do wish that they they touched on the the pandemic aspect of it and didn't cut that out because right because I mean, that, that totally ruins was the Flag Smashers yeah. whole plot? So I yeah. felt like they were there just they they had no purpose without yeah. the pandemic subplot. So we haven't talked yeah. about that yet, but Jeremy, you were talking about it because you're the one that actually brought that up. So how about you talk about? Yeah, that? so the Flag Smashers were supposed to be this group of people who what what were they? The people who um, they're basically people who believe that um, there should be no borders. Well, they're the ones who didn't get snapped away. In the yeah, they think yeah, they think they, their they life. They to like create this new. They new think their life community. was better during the blip. Yeah, and then when everyone came back, they're trying to force them home. Yeah. Um, they, they, the governments of these of these countries prioritized the people who came back instead right. of the ones who were actually there, and Holding their whole thing was just like, well, what about us? You know, you're kind of screwing us over, making us go to these refugee camps and stuff, and displacing us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the whole point you know one one world one people you know yeah also so when torres goes to kind of like infiltrate the flag smashers during episode one like they seem kind of really intimidating 
you know. I thought they were gonna be a lot darker and like this. Apparently, they were supposed to be a lot darker. Way, well, Carly was pretty. Uh, we'll she get was a whole nother. when she get when we get to Carly actually being introduced. Save that rage. Yeah, so you can talk. But like when they're first introduced, I mean they smack Torres to the freaking ground. Yeah. I was there for it. I was like, wow. That was that was that Australian guy, right? I don't know what his name is. I think so. I was also super confused because I didn't watch any of the trailers for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, like the newer ones. The only one I really watched. Because I didn't want anything to get spoiled, was I watched that one that appeared at the Super Bowl like two years ago, (laughs) and it just showed Zemo, and I was so confused because I was like, "Wait, I thought Zemo was going to be the bad guy," which that would have been really cool. Oh my gosh, that would have been cool. But also, can we all talk about how we all collectively hated Captain America or John Walker? I should say John Walker. We all hated him together at the same time, and then we all loved Zemo at the same time. Like. We, I, we banded together. <laughs> well, you know, Zemo is the only uh, villain that actually succeeded in doing what he wanted to do. I mean, yeah. obviously Thanos, but then that right. got reverted. But, you know, Zemo was the only one that, like, his and, goal was to fracture the Avengers, and he did that. And he's the only guy, he's just a normal person. He doesn't exactly. have any he powers, no powers and special gadgets. I mean, he was he was some Sokovian special forces. I mean, he... Who was just, he picked him apart mentally, yeah. and he was just a genius. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, to this day... And I'll get back to you here in a second. I mean, to this day, the Avengers are still fractured because Zemo is the whole reason they lost to Thanos in the first movie. Uh, yeah, because if they were all together, I feel like you know they would be able to. Yeah, if the events of Civil War didn't go down. Yeah. Well, and I mean, seven. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man almost beat Thanos on the whatever planet that was. Titan. Titan. Yeah. They almost. So imagine if the whole Avengers, who have collectively worked as a group longer, had gone up against Thanos. I'm not saying they would have immediately won. I think they would have just stood a better chance. They just chance. needed Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor all together in yeah. the fight. I mean, you give them the big three, and that's already a problem, which I loved in Endgame. Seeing uh, the big three, you know, take him on was so cool. Uh, he got Fat Thor, though. Yeah. Hey, I loved it when he gets both hammers, though. If, yeah, that was, that if, was dope. If we had to have Fat Thor, I'm glad they gave us, like, Viking beard with yeah. the braid and, like, both hammers. Also, was... I loved when Marvel introduces someone's family. I always get attached to the family. Like, a great example is, like, when we find out in freaking Age of Ultron that Hawkeye is married and has three kids. Yeah. And, like, for example, when we meet Sam's sister, Sarah, is a great example. You know, <laughs> Sam doesn't want to sell the boat, but Sarah was around during the freaking snap and she's like look you weren't here you know i had to raise the kids alone and like the yeah. boats kind of crapped out sam thinks he can save the boat and he can get the loan from the bank the bank is like look we you know you're a falcon which also this episode brings up the fact that these heroes are getting paid which i know a lot of people have wondered about for like years do any of these heroes actually get paid in these movies but apparently even being the falcon isn't enough to well, freaking yeah, save the boat i was gonna say how much could that boat have costed like one to two hundred thousand you can't go to the government or to your super friends and be like hey i saved the world a couple times you think you can like i know tony stark is dead but come on his bank account's still around pepper's still there james james roadie was in the first episode we couldn't ask roadie for a loan i'm sure roadie could get something to gwyneth paltrow definitely um but kind of going back to zemo i i just feel like daniel Brule is just plays that character so fantastic like a fantastic actor 
that so here's something I'll say, which is dancing at the club. I think is my yeah, favorite. So <laughs> like fist pumping. So here's here's something I'm gonna say about because I I've said I said earlier on the show that I liked Wandavision a lot more. Falcon and the Winter Soldier has the better actors, like. Falcon and Winter Soldier is a war espionage like thriller almost, where Wanda Vision was like almost a horror at times. Yeah, it was like it's like mystery horror like. And this one, what's gonna happen? In Falcon and Winter Soldier is like I said. I mean, it is. They are literally like in a different country at one point. Like they're trying to discover a secret. Much faster pace. Yeah. I kind of like. I felt like I was watching like a Jack Reacher movie almost. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a sidebar. Uh, Daniel Bruhl actually voices Lightning McQueen in the German du- uh, German dub of it. Could you imagine? <laughs> it, could you imagine in Captain America: Civil War, the college shows up and he goes, "Why did you do it? My family is gone." Kachow. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, as good of a villain as Zemo is, let's talk about maybe the real. At least the person who wasn't the villain, but was very much set up to be, like, the most hated character of this show, John Walker. Which, in the comics, they're pretty faithful to how he becomes Captain America, which is, in the comics, Steve Rogers gives up being Captain America, gives up the shield, and then the U.S. government is like, oh, cool, um, we got a new Captain America, and freaking it's John Walker and Lamar Hopskin in the comic is also introduced, I think, immediately with them. And then, of course, in the show, Captain America is now an old, frail man who we don't know if he's dead or on the moon or maybe just in a retirement home kind of looking at a lady. And he's like, oh, you know, I used to be Captain America. <laughs> and the lady's like, all right, honey, take your Alzheimer's medicine. Yeah. But I think from the most, like, John Walker had no lines in the first movie. He just showed up and he did that like little wave, and I think immediately everyone was like, "This douchebag!" Yeah. This like the dude from Ups. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so goofy. Yeah. yeah, he looks so goofy when we first see him. Well, um, and then but know, I do like. He got he, he looked I was gonna say I like his arc, and I I love how we hated him, but he he played that character very well. Mm-hmm. You have to say because you see him struggle with. You know, doing what's right. Obviously, he's trying to fill the shoes of being Captain America. He doesn't know what that's about. And I like how it almost touches back to the first one, where the German doctor who makes the serum, I can't remember his name, he says, um, he's like, Ers- not a... Dr. Erskine. Yeah. Erskine. He says the qualities of what makes a perfect soldier. Right. He's like, I want you to stay, like, not a perfect soldier, but a good man. And then he talks about it makes good, better, bad, worse. So, like, we kind of see that with his, like, struggling mental, um, how he goes dark and just totally decapitates the dude with the shield after, you know, watching his friend die when he took that serum. So, here's a question. How the hell did he get so good with that shield all of a sudden? Like, when does... Because they don't really... They, they touch he, on it at the beginning. They, yeah. When he's, like, he's testing, like his body was off the charts for so the physical aspect. Here, here's the question, which is... Did, so we obviously see, once again, in the first episode, that Sam gives up the shield back to the government to put on display, and then John Walker starts training with it. Like, was that over the course of a month? I thought, you know, when I first yeah, watched that... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but the thing is, is when you're watching him use the shield... 
he uses it in a very linear and just basic fashion. Mm-hmm. But when you look at how Sam uses it, how how Steve uses it, it's it's more creative and like they actually use the bounce and the ricocheting. You know? I agree. Yeah, yeah so, he would always just throw it directly at the target and it would come back. I mean, when yeah. you see other people use it, you know they're. Sam's bouncing it off the trees, trying yeah. to get good with the ricochet. And that, that kind of goes back to just kind of, he was a good sh- soldier and kind of played by the books. That's very basic, like, right. like playing it safe and, and not, like, kind of going outside the box. So that's that's definitely something that I found pretty interesting from the show, like, with that with the John Walker character. Well, and I mean, so John Walker is Captain America, but you can tell that, I mean, first off, he doesn't get any respect from anyone, but he also, like, kind of comes in immediately, and I think he thinks everyone is going to just want... Like, he knows no one wants him to be Captain America. And we know that from the first time he meets Sam and Bucky when they run into Carly for the first time on the hijacked cars, which is, you know, he's introducing himself, and then later on he picks him up in the car, and he's like, look, I'm not trying to replace Steve. I'm not trying to be Tony Stark. But Bucky's just not having any of this. Mm -hmm. And eventually Sam's like, I'm not having any of this either. Which, let's go into when we first meet Carly, like... Who was it? Who met Carly? Oh, Bucky met Carly because he infiltrates the car and Carly's back. He thinks she's the hostage and he's like trying to save her, right? And then she punches him out of the car. And that's when they find out that they're super soldiers. But I didn't like, in that moment, I didn't think she was the main bad guy. I was like, oh, she's just like a handyman. And then later on in the episode, we find out she's the bad guy, which look, I'm all here for a girl villain. Nothing wrong with them. At least make them a little damn compelling. I, so when we first saw the flag smashers again, I, I thought it was the Australian guy who was like the main bad guy, because I think in the comics or whatever, the, the flag smasher was just a single character, I'm yeah, sure, and he kind of fit the bill of that. But um, then obviously we find out that Carly's the head person, whatever. Um, she sucked. I'll say she it. Sucked. Like yeah, I, 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 her. she added nothing. Okay, here, here. But once again, giving props. Great actress. I th- um I'm I'm gonna look up her name real quick. Um, Erin Kellyman. You know she plays it great. She plays a girl. She played who, the same character in the some Star one. Wars movie. Yeah. One, yeah, she played the exact. Was same she in Rogue yeah. One? Yeah, uh-huh. she was. She was the um uh oh, Saw Saw, Saw Yeah. Hey, like, you know what's you know what she played that character great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same character. You know. That's I why she understands the assignment. <laughs> but it is what it is. You know. She kind of got gypped on the storyline, taking getting rid of the pandemic storyline. Right, like we would have appreciated the character more. I was gonna say there definitely would have been more value added from that group of people if they could have done the pandemic subplot. Um, well, I don't think because their whole thing, it everything felt rushed and everything. There was no real purpose. It made no sense. Yeah, they they I mean they just kept saying one world, one people. We're gonna stop them from you know sending us back to wherever we're from and. I don't know. It just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. If they were getting gypped on the vaccines, like not getting the vaccines for the pandemic in these refugee camps, then that kind of gives a reason why they're doing all this. The re- like, just yeah, I get that they're being displaced or whatever, but that's not really a villain origin story, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and so apparently the scene where she blows up the car next to the building when they're stealing the like food supplies that were just sitting there. Yeah, it was supposed to be vaccines that were sitting there not being used for people. So like they would have had a better purpose and like 
I don't know. Gosh. They really did get... Darn you, COVID-19. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. But, okay, so, I mean, Carly, character, you know, who was introduced, made me badly. Let's talk about Isaiah Bradley, a character who, I mean, I knew about Isaiah growing up because I read, I read, I happened to have read the two comics he appeared in somehow where, you know, you kind of learned about his backstory, about how he fought in the Korean War and how he was put in prison and experimented on by Hydra. But, I mean, this is a man who wants nothing to do with the legacy of Captain America. He doesn't want anything to do with super soldiers. I mean, his life has been ruined by this. I mean, lost his wife. Um, I'm pretty sure the kid grew up with a, without a dad or something. I don't know. But, like... I, I liked Isaiah Bradley as a character. I think he was really cool. I'm just more excited for Patriot because we're going to get Patriot and with, that, well, with that kid. The whole Young Avengers they're introducing mm-hmm. already. I'm excited for that. I think that the Young Avengers is still kind of a little bit away. Maybe we'll get a TV show yeah. out, mm-hmm. out of it. I would say like movie. two to five years out. Yeah, in the but I'm, I'm so excited. You know, you got Wiccan Speed. They, I mean, they're gonna, they're definitely gonna take their time because Uh, as, as, as much as I loved Billy and Tommy in WandaVision, I mean, those actors have to age up a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, they're still super young. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still exciting though, for sure. I just, I love how they referenced Isaiah Bradley like going behind enemy lines and being the only one who was able to beat Bucky. Because he mentions he's like I took half of that metal arm, but it looks like it grew back. Yeah. Well, um, in the comics, he wears a Captain America outfit when yeah. he does that too, which is really cool. Oh, okay. It's just, and and it kind of uh, when he was talking about the fact that he he did the exact same thing that Steve did with his Howling Commandos going going behind enemy lines to go them, rescue uh, and Bucky I, and all them. Yeah, yeah. And Isaiah Bradley did that exact same thing. And then he where got Steve so he got, he got worse, arrested yeah. for it, while Steve was praised for it, so it just kind of goes. It kind of ta- it, it it once it again on the racial, racial inequality, yeah, exactly. yeah, for sure. Because what a white man was allowed to do versus what a black man could do, but I I mean, yeah. still saving lives, but I mean, I know he disobeyed orders, went behind enemy lines, and saved lives, and Captain America was like praised for it, and then when. Uh, Isaiah yeah. does it, you know, he he's put in jail, and that's when they start experimenting on him and. All that. So. Yeah, I wonder. So, and it makes me think. I, I wonder if Zemo knew anything about Isaiah. I don't think he did. I think he only knew the bare minimum. I don't think he did. Speaking of Zemo, let's jump over the Zemo. Bucky breaks him out of prison. They I head love over that whole scene. I gotta say, it's probably my favorite when he's he, like, "Let me run a hypothetical by you." And he goes hypothetical. He goes, "Let me run something by yeah, you." Yeah, he's, he's like. Let's just say, and I love how, like, when he's describing the plan, like, we see at the same time Zemo breaking out and doing what he's describing, and, you know, and then, like, by the end of him describing the plan, Zemo walks in the room, and but or Sam's obviously pissed off, but... He's like, what are you doing? I I thought that whole sequence was great. Though. Well, they go to Mad, they go to Madripoor, 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 because it's run by the power broker, and they know the power broker hired the Hydra scientist, Doctor Wilford Nigel, to recreate the super soldier serum. Is that the dude they shoot and when they go to the storage crate? Yeah, it's that scientist yeah. guy. Dude, I gotta be honest. This is probably an unpopular opinion. I did not like Sharon as a power broker. Thank you. I am not I, a fan of I, w- I was going to touch on it later, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was terrible. Like, I, 
Well, we kind of find out, and then they try to make it like this big reveal, and it's like, okay, but we already kind of knew. I saw that. it come from a mile away that she's a power broker. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't be that power like. So she, she's like that high up in this lawless city, and so by the end of episode three, you know, Sharon Carter has come in. She helped kill that Selba guy who was gonna, you know, kill them, and she's like even doing recon for him. And they're like, are you going to come with us? And she goes, no. And Sam's like, look, I'm going to get you that part in. You know, like, no right. matter what, I'm going to get you that part in. And they leave. And then she goes and she gets in, like, a car with a bunch of people. And, you know, at that point, I'm like, oh, is Sharon, like, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is Sharon with the government or something? Like, what's going on? It's just, she was just really high up. Because, I mean, Madripoort was, like, a lawless city. Yeah. And so she was just super high up there, it I just, guess. It just makes me so mad. Like, I, I, her character arc going from helping Steve, trying to, you know, kind of do good to just becoming this evil character who is just so hell-bent on, on getting back the people who wronged her. Well, that's what I'm saying. If... If that's her issue, like, you know, getting kicked out, you knew those consequences exactly when you helped them out. If you're going to have beef with them now because of that, like, you're mad at your own actions at that point. Like, and, that, I mean, and that's not a good, that's not good writing. I hope they do make her a scroll because I think we've talked about that or mentioned it. Well, we didn't mention it on the podcast yet, which a lot of, a lot of fan theories right now is that Sharon Carter might be a scroll, and this is right. somehow leading up to Secret Invasion. Personally, I want to believe that, but I also, you know, I'm also enticed by the idea of someone who served the government, you know, loved what she did, followed in her family's footsteps, and then was, you know, kind of betrayed by the actions of what is kind of right and wrong. Right. And we know Sharon survived the snap, and she was left on Earth for... Well, my thing is why... Because it's After been it's been like snap, eight years. Obviously, governments and rules don't really apply if yeah. half the population's gone. So I don't think you know she should still be. Because there's guess no way she can say that she should, she didn't know that she would be kind of pardoned. I think that she just took that time to kind of build an empire and right. build the name and I guess and that's the notoriety of the power broker. broker. Yeah. Yeah, but it was even it was even her thing to bring the to get the super soldier serum back and then Carly betrayed her and we don't you know in the last episode we find out all about that situation right mm-hmm. yeah she's trying to hire the flag smashers back imagine okay so I know I think it was great that Sharon showed up in the last episode but what if like Ao had like stuck with them the whole time since when she showed she's up the Wakanda lady yeah so yeah. she's the Wakanda lady she showed up because she found out about Zemo mm-hmm. And Bucky was able to get them eight hours more time with Zemo, which was enough time for them to track down Carly and try to talk to her. And Sam almost convinces her. And then, of course, John Walker just goes and he yeah. diddles his dick and everything. And he goes, I'm John Walker, Captain America, and you're coming with me. Yeah. John Walker seems like that guy who at the party, there's a song playing and he goes over and he goes, I've heard this song. And he just skips it. And they're like, why would you do that? And he's like, I know the person that owns this house. No, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Hey, don't. Listen, brother. Uh, your attitude is getting out of the way. And if you keep talking to me like that, I'm going to Captain America put your head in a chokehold. And then, like, the small kid punches him in the face and he falls down. That's John Walker to me. I love when he's getting his ass beat by the Dora Milaje and... Bucky's just like looking strong, John, and he's like, getting his ass beat. That scene, oh. that scene was incredible. I mean, 
the Dora Milaje is, is badass. Oh I mean, they, they're they're so cool. Yeah, and they're just, they're one of my favorite groups of of people in the MCU. And then you got <laughs> Zemo Shawshank Redemption out of there. Oh yeah, he just did. He goes in the Look, bathroom and then. I'm not trying to be that hole. person, but like maybe they should have looked at the Dora Milaje and been like, "Hey, you guys are super skilled fighters. You're great at what you do." Any way that maybe we give Zemo to you and you can just, I don't know, stick around for, like, literally 15 more minutes so Lamar doesn't die. Yeah, honestly. Also, Lamar, fun fact, is also the voice of, I didn't know this, he's the voice of Chef and DJ in the Total Drama Island show. Are you serious? Yeah, like, what a random piece of trivia. But, I don't know, I liked Lamar a lot. And Lamar is, he's not a big character in the comics. He, you know, he's hes John Walker's right-hand man. Was he Battle Stars? That what they called yeah. him? Yeah. He, he was the voice of reason for John Walker. And, and I was going to say, died, I actually really like Battlestar. When, when he died, I mean, he... That's when he goes off the rails. Yeah, and he no longer has that voice of reason, yeah. so... And he can't, his own mind is kind of broken because of the Super Soldier Serum. And, right. and, and look... And it just enhances I that think craziness in his mind. A so lot of people... A lot of people were like, oh my god, he killed that guy. Like, how? Like, how, and I was like, look. I was actually pretty, because I, I hated the Flag Smashers. I wanted to see one of them get something coming to him. Well, and here's the and thing. when he does kill him, I was actually kind of happy. And was, here's, the, and here's the thing. Let me talk. Here's the thing. Your, your best friend, who's gone to war with you, dies in front of you. I mean, look. Regardless of what you're saying, yeah, you're probably going to chase that guy down and beat him up. Now decapitating him with a shield i don't know about that but also talk about that fight afterwards with sam and bucky versing walker and they're like just oh give us the shield God. it's a that was, that dude was john walker I, i'm glad we finally got to see him get his ass beat by well walker has some like straight pdsd i don't think they really touch also that was also just fast really really fast and tough character development you know when it comes to john walker i feel like not necessarily rushed is the right word, but I feel like we just never really got to see him enough. Yeah, well, we only got six episodes. They could have done eight, honestly. Give give us two more. Maybe stretch it out a little. So that that fight with John Walker versus Sam and Bucky, you know, that goes back to Bucky just being nerfed. I mean, he just got, he kind of got ragdolled, and it was up to Sam to really, you yeah. know. Obviously, they were both kind of, getting ragged on a little bit yeah and then well, they came you, together did you notice when he throws bucky like into that metal pillar and like you see his arm like get shut off yeah. that should not happen his arm is made of vibranium i know i agree like when we saw that i was like no i i don't know and then of course he has to he has to break he has to break Sam's uh, wingsuit right there so he has right. to raise and get the new one. But then also I didn't notice it until I rewatched that episode. You know he gives his broken wingsuit to Joaquin, to- and I bet he's gonna repair it. And then he'll become the new Falcon. Exactly. All, I'm all for that. I'm, I, 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 dude, I love that guy. Well, I just love the Falcon character in general. I mean, a, a dude who has these wings that deploy, and then I hope they give him the Uzis back because yeah. I was I was actually talking to my buddy about um, that scene and stuff and and Marvel likes to do that kind of thing with these characters you know kind of bring them in put them as a side character but still see how the how the audience kind of reacts to it and they were they did that with Torres mm-hmm. and I think that we'll see more of him uh, maybe in the new Captain America movie maybe in season two Falcon Winter Soldier if it comes out um, 
but I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, did anyone else like think Zemo when he got handed over to the Doors Majay was gonna just get murdered right there? I didn't expect them to go put him in the raft. I thought they were gonna put him in some like Wakanda prison for all I knew. Yeah, yeah I thought it was weird that the Dora Dor- Milaje came all the way out there just to. Because who's the raft run by? The government, maybe. Yeah, it, uh, was that a, America? General Ross. It no, is that, Ross, actually, yeah. Is it? It is. A but lot. They're a lot, setting up Thunderbolts. If yeah, you guys a, know what that a lot. Is. Yeah. yeah, Thunderbolts is basically like Marvel's, Marvel's Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Episode five is probably the slowest episode, but a lot like gets done in episode five. Zemo it's all get, at the beginning though. Zemo gets handed over to the Doors Majay. Walker gets discharged. We get to see Valentina. Uh, I can never say that full name. Valentina Alodri. De- Hydra. Just call Dreyfus. Yeah. Seinfeld. Well, not only that, but she's actually she was actually supposed to appear first in the Black Widow movie, but then that movie got pushed back a whole year. So this is actually the first time we're meeting the character. So it was supposed to be a bigger deal that she first appeared in Black Widow, but no one saw that movie. And Marvel's come out and kind of been like, "Oh yeah, she was supposed to appear in Black Widow first. And it's like, "Why did you tell us that? I mean, that that still would have been a pretty big surprise in the yeah. first one. She- in the comics, does she recruit the Thunderbolts too, or or what is? I mean, I feel like that's kind of she's got some kind of tie to it. Yeah. To say I know a lot about this character would be a lie. I know nothing about her. This is the first time I've ever heard of her. Yeah. What else happens in episode five? Oh yeah, and then Sam's the arm breaking when they rip the shield off. We never even didn't even talk about oh. that. Bucky just seems like Bucky's face when they discharms his metal arm is like, wow. Oh, I do want to touch on that because. It shows that they still didn't trust him and that they needed, like, just in case. Mm-hmm. He, it was a look of, like, oh, shit, like... Yeah, you know what, we didn't... It's I, almost like a we need of to, trust We do need to dedicate a moment to the whole, like... You know, because in Wakanda, we see in the opening, I think, of episode four that Bucky is getting, like, everything taken out of him, uh-huh. and they're trying to retrain him. And, you know, in that moment where they finally do say all the code words and he doesn't change, you know, and that's he, great great acting on Sebastian Sands' oh, part. Bucks, like he, yeah. I think it's his best scene in the whole show when, in that one. I think the best scene he's done in a while, which a lot of people say Marvel actors can't do, like, really deep scenes. But that was... I mean, imagine it. You're a war-torn, like, veteran. You know, your best friend's gone. Everything's been taken from you. And now you have to be in a third-world country because you've killed so many people. And then finally you're free. Like, it was a great scene. And, like, most of that scene is just him and his eyes playing it out. And, I mean, just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's no – he says no words. It's just his facial expressions, but still does such a great job. And then another great scene by him is when him and Sam are, like, sitting across from each other, and he's asking him why he gave up the shield, and he goes, uh, uh, you know, if he, if he was wrong about you, he was wrong about me, and, like, it's like, oh, so Bucky's really struggling with, like... Well, Bucky's, I mean, we've mentioned it several times that Bucky... Bucky is really just alone. And, I mean, he's trying to make those amends, and he's trying to even... He's hanging out with that older man who he knows he killed his oh son. Oh, gosh. That was... That's that's a uh, that's another one of my gripes with this show, is the ending when he goes and makes amends with him. I, I like wanted it. to... I, I actually wanted to see the interaction between the two. And they didn't. And they didn't. Yeah. He just walked out, so... He says three words. He's like, I killed him. I had no choice. 
Yeah, see you later. Why doesn't any? Why doesn't I mean? They could have written that. Look, I understand he is the Winter Soldier. Like I get it, and I understand he didn't have any control. Why can't he explain it better to these people? It's like, look, I need you to know, like I wasn't in control. It wasn't me. Because even when Isaiah Bradley is just going off on him, you know, he doesn't mention that. Like, look, you know, Hydra did this to me, and I wasn't in control. But I mean, he blames himself, and that's great. Like, great acting to have that gripe. You know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Bradley, um, Sam goes back and he's talking to Bradley again and Bradley just doesn't believe a black man can be Captain America for the sake of like people not really being able to like look up to that and no one would take him seriously and it's a right, lot of... There would always be people who opposed it or, you know... Yeah, people... Because he believes, you know, like you have to have blonde hair and blue eyes right, and you gotta you be know. white to be Captain America. You can't, you can't be the symbol of Captain America being black and, you know... That's part of the reason why Sam didn't take up the mantle is it was just a lot of pressure to be Captain America. And through episode five, we get a nice, loving montage of friendship and love between Sam and Bucky. They're helping fix the boat. They're training with the shield. I actually <laughs> cared, cared. love that sequence. A lot of people didn't like episode five because of the montage scenes, but I think, first off, we needed the montage scene to like see how Sam gets good at... You know, wielding well, the shield. I like how we see him struggling at first, like trying to catch the shield. You know, it like zips past him a couple times. He's not catching it at first, uh, and then you know we see him getting better slowly. And I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't notice it. I saw a TikTok about it. But when uh, Sam's running, he leaves like room on his left. left. Yeah. So, because uh, like that opening scene in Captain America Two, where you see Steve Rogers running past him, and he's always saying on your left. And then, you know, they do it in Endgame. I think that the real, like, best part of that episode was when Bucky started hitting on his sister. Yes. (laughs) Dude. When he says her name, he's like, Sarah. Like, shakes his head and starts. (laughs) Sam likes those ladies, man. Sam was killing it in this series. I, it's just. I hate it. I saw some tension between him and Ao. I don't know what was going on in Wakanda. Yeah. It was it was great though. I mean, the character development in this show is just was just amazing. I mean, taking these two characters that have been side characters and just kind of develop developing them into their own character was yeah. just awesome. Well, when you think about it, a lot of the original Marvel cast, like their contracts are up. You know, they're going to move on and do other things. You know, we don't have Tony Stark anymore, Steve Rogers. Yeah. So these are the guys, the side characters in the earlier movies. They're gonna have to step up now and fill the main uh, character slots. And so far, you know, I love what I see. Um, Scarlet Witch being a huge point for the MCU going forward. I think yeah. I'm really excited for. Me too. I love Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I love Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. The whole like. They get along, but they still bicker and argue. Like, that whole dynamic they have, I love. It's, you know, like a buddy cop. It just felt like a buddy cop movie the whole time I was watching. And, uh, no, I mean, yeah, I'm super stoked to see these guys moving forward. How about Sam's, like, super comic accurate, like, Captain America suit? Love that. When he throws the shield through the glass and then breaks in and he just stands up and it's... Yeah, because he's so... so... So it yeah, he so he breaks in because the Flag Smashers have attacked and taken the GRC conference hostage, and Batroc's there. Sam shows up, and like a lot of people hated the suit, but that suit is the most comic accurate suit I've ever seen. And out of any of the suits we've got for any character, 
and the MCU. I have only one issue with the suit. No, Jack! I no! Have, I have one issue with the suit. The neck thing is terrible. They uh, need to get rid of that, and if they just keep the goggles, it's going to oh, be Oh, how perfect. it's like, it's all Yeah, one. it's just like a cowl kind of yeah. thing. I think, I think I, it looks terrible. I do understand that, um, but I mean, that is how it looks in the comics, but it's, I feel like that's hard for him to loo- like move yeah. his neck. I feel like if they get rid of that in the Captain America movie... The suit's gonna be perfect. I love the suit. I think that it's awesome. I think that the representation of the white on it, because like the white means hope yeah. or whatever. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So um, here, so here's my thing. I think it's a great suit. I mean, in the comics, it looks great. Now, for the sake of Sam's safety, I would personally get the headpiece <laughs> if he's ever like shot at the head. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, if someone gets point blank to Sam's head, I mean, he's over with. Mm. But, oh my god, there's people on the internet, and they're like, I hate it, like, it's too much. And I was like, it's the no, same it's, suit. The suit, is, the suit is really cool. If they just get rid of the neck thing, I think the suit will be one of my favorite suits. And then, I just love how it incorporates the Falcon wings, but still, cap, like, the Captain America yeah. logo. Yeah, just, it's, it's everything put into one. I thought it was awesome. Also, speaking of things people didn't like, people didn't like the last episode. I thought the last episode was the best episode. I thought it was, that was great. great. I think that the pacing was a little fast, but well, it I just it starts... Really I mean, well, a lot of people, like that. a lot of people feel like the last episode only focuses on Sam, Sam being Captain America. While Bucky is off kind of like trying to save the hostages. John Walker shows up. Uh, Walker has his like DIY. Oh, oh, shield. <laughs> it got punched once and like dented through. I was like, okay, so well, it's done. <laughs> freaking and Carly looks at John and she goes, I didn't mean to kill your friend and I don't want to hurt any people. I just need to hurt these people. So yeah, to the people he, she bombed. And, right? She's like, you, I don't want to hurt people who like, I, don't matter. And, and did that you set did off. you see John Walker's head? He does the slight turn. He's like, oh, the, little, the slight head cock. He's Lam- like, I'm gonna kill you now. He's like, Lamar didn't matter. <clears throat> and I'm pissed that it was Sharon who kills Carly. I wish it was John Walker who killed Carly and got his revenge for. Yeah, because for in Lamar. the comics, John Walker is only redeemable well and i guess like i guess they stay true to the character to an extent like john walker is very like irredeemable in the comics so and so but he's redeemable so often you know yes i actually i ended up liking him by the last episode you know when he drops his shield and saves the truck that's about to fall you know he makes that decision to go after carly or save them his decision making you know he does things that he believes is right but he goes about it the wrong way and that's just kind of the whole character is like he thinks what he's doing is right, but he 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 maybe hurts people in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hurting people in the process, freaking Carly coming face to face with Sharon and being like, You're the power broker. I remember watching that and I like rewind. I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yeah, that, that reveal was kind of lackluster. How they how they revealed it and stuff. Yeah, and then she kills. Well, she kills Batrot because Carly says you're the power broker, and she can't get that getting out. And then you know she does eventually kill Carly. Sam tried to talk Carly out of it, which also freaking I loved when Carly called Bucky and was like, "I'm fighting for something bigger than myself." Can you say that? And like, I'm just thinking to myself. Uh, I'm just thinking. I was like, Carly. Do you know what World War Two was about? Do you know what the Nazis are? The lines were just so cheesy. Yeah. And that's just like, that's on the script writing. And I'm sure, once again, they had to change stuff because originally, I guess in the last episode, they were going to release that, like, virus. Mm-hmm. And 
So, did the Flag Smashers want the... I, I don't know what the whole details... I feel like it was just, like, revolve around the pandemic. But I think they changed it so where they were fighting more for the right of people whose lives... Who stayed during the snap and then to lives... To get a vaccine. Well, they were changing. I think in the original draft, which I don't know a lot about, so this is all speculation, is their plan was to just Thanos it up and wipe out some of the world with a virus. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, I think that's maybe what they were, and maybe they were a little, like, irredeemable in the TV show, and then they kind of had to go back and do new stuff, and that's yeah. probably what happened. See, that would have been cool if they're trying to, if the Flag Smashers were trying to create a virus to, like, you know, destroy the population, um, that, I think that would have been a better plot for them, but obviously. How about, how about Zemo's butler coming in at the last minute? So the Flag, Carly's dead. Sam gives that amazing, like the amazing speech, like speech to the GRC that gets broadcasted. You know, he's talking about why he's the new Captain America, what he stands for, and what it's what it's like yeah. to be a black man in America. All the while, the Flag Smashers are being loaded up into a like patrol car. They're going to be taken to the raft, and the one guy goes, "One piece, one world," and they're all smiling. And then Zemo's butler just blows them all to smithereens. Oh, I love that. That's who that old man was. Yeah. yeah. Remember when he's going Dude, on the plane, he I goes had, up to the old guy and he hugs him? Yeah, back. I had no I didn't idea. know either until I, thought, I saw a TikTok yeah, where someone I thought he was. It. I thought he was just some random dude that we see later, like maybe tied with Madame Hydra. Yeah, like, okay, I, I makes, was like, oh, sense. he's going to be in with the power broker. Yeah. I thought he was. Okay, that I, that I thought it had something to do with that too. And then uh, when I was researching for the podcast, I read it and I was like, oh my God, that is the butler. Yeah. yeah. But of course, in what world would anyone know that unless they were See, this is another thing. He was about, in there for like two seconds. Here's we the thing. Of, here's the thing stuff. about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I did. I really did enjoy it. It didn't have the replayability that WandaVision had. Like going up to, for the nine weeks that I watched WandaVision, I think every day I was watching an episode. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'd watch the episode like twice just to kind of remember. But like, yeah, yeah. still, there were like murky details. Like episode three. I always forget about it. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I guess this is the episode where we learn about the power broker and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so Sam becomes Captain America, and he pays one final visit to Isaiah and his nephew. Is it? It's his nephew or grand? It's his grandson. I meant grandson. grandson yeah. yeah, it's his grandson because that's how he's going to get the powers. And he's like, just come with me. I want to take you somewhere. And Isaiah's, like, more optimistic about Sam being Captain America. And he takes him to the memorial that he now has at the Captain America. Which I loved. I thought that was I seen, I, I teared up at that. that I was... thought it was, I thought it was great. I think yeah. it was a perfect scene. And then you have, also, in my opinion, a really great scene, which is a freaking... What what's her name? Seinfeld lady is talking Madame to Hydra. Madame Hyde. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Vanessa Lord, I don't remember her name. Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah, that's. I gotta go back. Valentina. Yeah. U.S. agent suit. Freaking amazing. Yeah, it looked good. It is so talk nice. about like once again comic accurate. But did you hear about Wyatt Russell? Wyatt Russell was so pumped that he was gonna get to put the suit on, and then he walks in and he literally went. It's the same exact suit, but black. And they're like, oh my God, you should say that in the show. So that's why he says it, is because that was his honest reaction. Because he thought he was going to get a new suit. I mean, but it's so, like, that is that is an extremely comic, comic accurate suit, and I love it. Like, I don't. It's so, it's not, it's barely different than his, than the original suit original suit in the uh in the show but it's just so nice do, yeah, do I you it. i didn't see any wings on the side of the helmet but i wonder if he has like the little like white uh wings like steve had because then yeah. 
If he has the wings on the helmet, then it's the most comic accurate suit I think I've seen. Does he have a shield in the comics? I mean, he didn't have one when he he di- so he uses Captain America's shield from time to time, and I'm pretty sure he uses a gun a lot. Yeah, he had a gun. It would be interesting uh, to see if maybe they give him some sort of like shield or something. Yeah, I'm maybe glad he. Adamantium. Oh, I'm glad he got. You know, he John Walker kind of gets some closure. You know. Yeah. With that scene, he's very happy to be a superhero again, or at least whatever Valentina is going to make him. And then finally, I think one of the bet, like the best ending scenes I've seen in any Marvel thing at all, was this kind of final shot of Bucky and Sam at the you know the dock. He's spending time with Sarah, who, granted, we didn't, yeah, we didn't, we didn't talk a lot about Sarah in the podcast, but Sarah's a great character. You know, she once again had to struggle through the snap while Sam was gone and. It's great that they were able to kind of fix the boat, pull a couple favors, and they're at this cookout. A lot of, like, great music is playing. Sam's not wearing, not Sam, Bucky's not wearing his glove, which is great, you know, and it kind of shows he's comfortable around these people. Yeah, you see him showing off the metal arm by the kids hanging on it, you know, he's not covering it up. And then in that final, like, last shot before, we see the new title of the show, which is Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we get that great scene of, like, just Sam patting Bucky on the back and their arms on his shoulders as they walk down compared to the first episode where they're like i hate you and it was like i hate you more yeah yeah and then of course i mean sharon carter's pardon scene where she gets on the phone and she's like yeah i'm gonna sell government secrets and resources and it's like like, obviously they're gonna figure out who it is i mean just got reinstated (laughs) and selling government secrets come on that's like they're like they're like as soon as you came back to work with us all these bad things started happening. Yeah. And Sharon's like, so oh. We're so just going to put two and two together and kick you out. And you think, you do you think Captain America ever told Peggy about how he, like, made out with her, like, future grandniece? No, but he did invest in uh, Apple and Microsoft when they first opened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I, I want to show where we see Captain America going through the quantum realm, returning all the time stones, or not time stones, but infinity stones. Like a prequel to that final scene I mean, in Endgame? Yeah. Supposedly Chris Evans has a secret project that he's back, like, working on. I don't know if it's actually he's true, co- but... <laughs> Chris Evans is like, look, I've given up the role of Captain America so I can come back and play the real Marvel superhero that started my career, the Human, <laughs> the Torch. human Torch. Please. <laughs> yes. Please recast him first. <laughs> Uh, but all in all, I mean, while it definitely was a slow-paced show and, like, they could have done things better, I, I mean, it's still a great Marvel show. Marvel doesn't miss a lot. There's only been a few projects where I look and I'm kind of like, Marvel didn't hit its mark. I mean, Incredible Hulk, uh, Thor Ragnarok 2, Iron Fist. Iron Fist sucks. I was going to say, if you're counting those Netflix shows, that's... Well, they're not they're not MCU. They no. tried to be. I thought that was funny is like Netflix was like, No, they're MCU and then Kevin Feige is like, I no, don't know. <laughs> Kevin Feige is like, eh, I don't know about that. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. cute. <laughs> also, I do love the Punisher show. Punisher was dope. Well, Punisher and Daredevil, I think, were the two best. Yeah. Have you heard that whole. they're thinking about bringing Charlie Cox in Spider Man three to, to play? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, those are things you can only hope for. Just speculations. Yeah, I would love it though. I love Charlie. I loved Daredevil. Daredevil yeah. was so awesome. I binge watched the third season in one sitting. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah. The Netflix is so Netflix's Marvel shows don't get enough trade. Minus Iron Fist, which did its best with 
Iron Fist because Iron Fist as a character just isn't look. I'll be honest, that great. Yeah. He's okay. Now I feel as though Iron Fist gets introduced into In Shang Chi. That could oh. be, be pretty sick. Uh, I liked Luke Cage too. Luke Cage gets shouted on a lot, but I actually I, I watched like Luke the Cage. first two episodes of that show. And it was, it was dude, that good. soundtrack for that show rocks. Really? I yeah, dude, because it's like seventies uh, soul music a lot when he's fighting. I yeah. thought that was awesome. I mean, and you got Mahershala Ali as, as uh, Cottonmouth, who's and gonna be the, an awesome Blade, dude. Come on! Oh my god! I'm pumped. So let's talk about character development real quick. Um, while the show started off with a lot of character development for Sam and Bucky, I feel like by the end of the series, it was really just more Sam than Bucky. What do you guys have to say about that? I agree. I agree. Um, it's almost like, well, I don't want to say Sam had more to overcome because, you know, being like a black Captain America, because Bucky's also fighting with the PTSD stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I see how they wanted to focus on him picking up the mantle um, but yeah, Bucky's character development was really all kind of at the beginning, and then you get a little bit towards the end. You get it. You um, get it at the end when he comes in and he does finally tell the guy, "Hey, I killed your son." Yeah, I think that's like the final closure. Thing. But obviously, I mean, this whole series is more or less centered around introducing Sam as Captain America and, you know, Bucky kind of being okay with it. Which in the comics, I mean, Sam is a great Captain America. Or should I say was? Because Marvel literally was like, after five years, they're like, oh man, you know what would be super fun? Let's bring Steve Rogers back and then they can both be Captain America. And then it turns out that the Steve Rogers we think is Steve Rogers is actually a secret Hydra agent. And then you know what would be super fun? Is if he takes over America and... Oh, who's going to take him down? Uh, Sam Wilson? No, another Steve Rogers. And then, you know, it'd be super duper kooky. Let's make Falcon the Falcon again instead of having him be Captain America because that's probably not going to do anything to how people view the character. Yeah. I, I remember reading, I remember when they first announced that they were going to make Sam Wilson the Falcon again. And I was like, really? Like, you're going to take a character who was Captain America for, like, five years, had a solo run, super well-respected, and was, like, not, like, a character that people were like, oh, why is he Captain America? But it was a character who was kind of like, this makes sense why he's Captain America. Mm -hmm. And then we're just going to make him the Falcon again. Mm -hmm. Marvel makes some interesting decisions when it comes to Stop doing that, Marvel. Come on. (laughs) Well, and then what? Like, obviously the success of this show is probably going to make them want to make him Captain America in the comics again. So yeah. what they're going to go and they're going to be like, hey, Sam, you know what? You should totally be Captain America again. And Sam's going to be like, yeah, I've missed it. And I don't know, guess he's going to put on his suit. Yeah. Uh, Bucky. Okay, so one more thing I want to say about Bucky, which is for the longest time I didn't understand his suit. I thought it kind of looked stupid. But then I kind of came down to, I think it's supposed to be a homage to his original like sidekick suit. Which, in the comics, Bucky's original sidekick suit is, like, this blue upper vest, and he wears red pants and boots, and, you know, in the show, he does wear that, like, red shirt thingy that kind of looks stupid, but I'm guessing the color scheme and definitely the buttons kind of make it kind of look like a war uniform of such. Yeah. I know that's a stretch. I would like to think that they took inspiration from that. I mean, you know, they put all their costume budget into, uh... Sam suits, so they had to find some cuts somewhere. Do you hear Anthony Mack? Anthony Mack says that suit has no padding. Like, that's all just his muscle. He's, I mean, he's, he's a big dude in real life. He's yeah. like, 
He's like what six two, probably two fifty. Did you ever hear? Did you did you ever hear how Anthony Mack uh, tried to convince Marvel to give him and Black Widow a subplot? Yeah, <laughs> yes. he wanted a love oh story gosh. with her. He's, <laughs> Anthony Mack. Not with that, but I think you should go with the Hulk, Black Widow. Anthony yeah, Mack never I misses. That. I don't know. I think this show would have only been better if for one minute they just shit on Spider-Man. How, yeah, like... That'd be so funny. Have you ever seen how Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mack just yeah. shit Tom Holland? In real life, yes. They always talk shit about yes. him. It's like, it's like, you know, we really should have had Spider-Man here. He would have uh, been a big help, but he's off twiddling his thumbs. Well, I think we've pretty much reached the end. I think we've covered anything. Any last-minute remarks you want to mention? Any last things you want to say? I'm mad we didn't get Wolverine and Madripoor. Okay. <laughs> That's it. It was a great show. It I, was a I great show. Okay, if you had to if you had to put Wolverine in the show, who would you have cast him as? Taron Egerton. Oh, great pick. Already. Yeah. No, he's Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, you guys are gonna make me lose my claws. <laughs> Rire. Oh my gosh. Taron Egerton would be a good casting choice. I mean I've yeah. Well, I've seen they want to make him like the short, stout yeah. comic book version, so I think it'd be cool. But overall, I'd give the show like an eight out of ten. It was solid. I was gonna say it def- was solid, not perfect. You know, there is obviously room for improvement there. I think it, it was some better, of but. Anthony. I think it was some of Anthony Max and Sebastian Stan's like best acting performances. Yeah, and that's honestly what does save it is like. I remember watching just I, killing it on screen. I remember better. watching Altered Carbine season two because they brought Anthony Mack to be the lead character in, and the only reason I could watch that show was because Anthony Mack is just a strong actor. Yeah. Uh, so fun fact, um, you both should know this. I was a gymnast when I was younger, and there's only really three big gymnastics movies. There's Stick It, which every girl has probably watched once. There's Jim Cotta, a terrible '80s action movie. And then there's The Bronze. The Bronze is basically like a parody gymnastics movie. It stars that girl from The Big Bang Theory, the like little Jewish blonde one, um, who got a bronze medal at the Olympics. And Sebastian Stan is a first place Olympian. And let me tell you, this R-rated movie is terrible. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But her and Sebastian Stan have a sex scene doing gymnastics, and it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Like so, so kids, if you're listening, make sure to go look up the bronze. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, thanks for tuning in to Jake's Review Corner. I'm Jacob Daniel. I'm Jeremy Loudon. I'm Jack Hollis. Always remembering one thing and one thing only. Marvel doesn't care about Sam Wilson unless he's important. All right, good night, guys. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield.